Good evening. How's everybody tonight? Good. We're glad you're here. Yes, it's good to be home. Amen. We went up to um, Chiefland for a few days over by Gainesville, out towards the coast to go visit a, uh, a, a pastor up there that we've known for years, and uh, she's been wanting us to come see her. Uh, her husband died about seven years ago, so she's a widow, so she's wanted us to come up and see her. She's a ICFM member, so we went up and spent a couple of days with her, and it was a nice visit. So, amen, amen. Well, live streams, podcasts, we're glad you're with us tonight. We're going to share the Word of God and build some things on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and let's bless the Lord. We praise you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor. You alone are worthy, Lord Jesus. You're the glorious King. You're the mighty God, the everlasting one. You alone are worthy of all praise and all adoration. You are the living God. You're the risen Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're the lamb that was slain, the lamb that was raised, the lamb that was given for our sin so that we could be justified and we could be redeemed. I thank you, Lord God, for your love towards us, for your mercy towards us, for your grace that is on us. Thank you, Lord, that you move for us. You move in us. You move through us. Thank you, Lord, that we can be a vessel useful to the Master. Lord, we bless you and honor you. Father, I thank you that as we come before you to hear your word tonight, that your Holy Spirit will bring impartations of revelation into our heart, for our heart is open. We're ready to receive. We turn away from the things that would distract, and we set our focus on you to hear from heaven. We set ourselves to hear in our spirit, to take hold of the things that are of the spirit. For you are a supernatural God, we are your supernatural children, and we operate supernaturally. And we just thank you, Lord, that your word comes full of your anointing that removes burdens, destroys yokes, and that the power of hell is in no way able to stand against it. Thank you, Father, that we continue to grow and develop in your divine nature, being conformed to the image of Jesus and increasing and walking in a manner worthy of you and pleasing you in all respects. And we bless you and praise you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, just find your place in Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to be starting over there tonight. Um, And I want to just uh, talk with you a little bit about what we've talked about over the last few weeks about our foundations. And um, there has to be a setting of a foundation in order for there to be growth or proper growth and lasting growth. Isn't that right? You know, growth in life is what our life is all about. You know, I understand about being saved and you need to get saved if you're not, you know. But that's not the end all. That's only the beginning. And then there's building your life in that salvation. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was in elementary school, I went to an elementary school that went up to the eighth grade. And by the time I got to the eighth grade, I was top dog in the elementary school. You know, I was the eighth grader, man. We ruled the schoolyard. (laughs) Well, after eighth grade, you know what came? Ninth grade. That was high school. So high school now was altogether different. No more top dog. You know, now you're starting off at the bottom and then you got to grow into senior. And when you become the senior, you're the top dog now in high school. Right. And after high school is college. college. And when you start college, you start off on the bottom. You're not the top dog anymore. And you got to work your way back up again. Right. Into uh, senior class. okay? And then after college, you might enter into the military. And then when you enter into the military, you got to start off at the bottom. And you got to start working your way up and building upward because that's the way it is in life. You know, we could be in some place in our life to where we're top dog. But every time you enter into a new phase, you will start at the bottom. And you have to build your life up. Isn't that right? That's just the way life is. It's nothing, nothing wrong with it, but everything in life always starts with babyhood. Amen. You know, you could, have been, you could have graduated college top in your class, but once you start your profession and you're starting to work in a new place, you're not top dog. You can start in babyhood stage. Isn't that right? Same thing in ministry. 
Same thing in things with God. When you are starting off in a new phase and new operation and believing God for something new, something different, a different direction, you're just going to start off in babyhood stage. And growth is of utmost importance. Amen. So the past top positions that we may have had means nothing in the new phase. And you know, you know how we are. We always want to start at the top. But if we always want to start at the top, we're going to have a hard time dealing with the fact that we're not at the top. <laughs> and we've got to work up into the top, right? Amen. Amen. So Hebrews 6.1, we had started looking at this because this is the foundation and this is where you have to start. And he says in verse 1, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ... Let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. All right. So the beginning, the elementary teaching, this was the beginning teachings or the beginning principles in Christ. That's the very beginning of our life in Christ. OK, when you got born again, you started babyhood stage. And now you have to build your life in Christ. Once you're born again, you're not done. You just stepped into step number one. And once you get saved, now at the very beginning of, of your life in Christ, now we have to lay a foundation that we can work off of and build our life in Christ. Amen. So the elementary things are the basic principles foundations okay and of course he said leaving the elementary teaching and that word leaving is an intensive word and it doesn't mean to uh, leave it uh, as far as not be bothered with it but intensively he's saying absolutely leave these things but absolutely build off of them that's what it means in other words like you build a house you put down the foundation you don't Say, okay, foundation's done, we're finished. No, now that the foundation's done, you've got to work off of that foundation to build a house. Isn't that right? So you're leaving the work of the foundation, but now the work of the house starts on the foundation. You understand? So that's what he's talking about here when he says leaving. It doesn't mean leave it behind and neglect it. Okay, it means about having a foundation or a structure for your house or for your life. Amen. So after the foundation, then the building starts. After the foundation of Christ, then the building of your life starts. Amen. You have a life to be erected in Christ. Isn't that right? Amen. Now, you can't live on the foundation. If you live on a foundation without a building, you're pretty much still homeless. You know, you can't live your life on a foundation that Jesus Christ is Lord, period, and that's it. You're, low, you're homeless. You've got no home. You haven't erected your life. Are you with me? So he says, now that you, the elementary teachings of the Christ, the principles, the foundations, now let's build off of that and press on into maturity and living a life of maturity in Christ, okay? Uh, every single one of us can relate to this because we all had certain thoughts when we were a babe in Christ. And how many of you know that when you grew, you realized some of those thoughts were a little goofy? <laughs> you know, some of those thoughts was just something I thought it was my idea and this was not right. But of course, you never know that if you didn't build your life on the Word of God, Right? So I always thought, I thought that there were things when I was a babe and to say 42 years later, well, that's the way I've always done it since I got saved. That's the way I always thought it ever since I got saved. Then I'm still a babe and I have not grown. Now, I'm not talking about I'm changing the teachings of the Christ. I'm not saying that I'm teaching, you know, well, you know, back then we believed you don't steal, but now it's okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you changed the word. I'm saying your ideas and your thoughts and your interpretations that you had, that was wrong. Because how many of you know that you should grow in the things of God? You know, there were things that I teach today that I've taught 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago. And you know what? Before I teach it, I will restudy it. You know why? Because I've grown since then. 
And there is more revelation and impartation to come from the Word of God because of growth. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I know somebody that shared with a person about tithing and about the importance of tithing. And this person told them, I don't tithe. My mama didn't tithe. My church didn't teach tithing. So therefore, I don't tithe. And they did not want to learn to tithe. Even though they showed them in the Word of God what the Word of God said about tithing. But their tradition was stronger than what the Word of God said. And the same thing with healing, same thing with prosperity, same thing with speaking in tongues, same thing with anything about the Word of God. You can lean to what you always thought from when you was a babe, or you can take hold of what the Word of God says. Growth in the kingdom has nothing to do with the amount of time you've been, well, as God, Pastor, I've been saved for 50 years. Well, that don't mean nothing. You're a 50-year-old baby if you haven't grown. And a 50-year-old in pampas is not pretty. <laughs> now I'm a graphic person and I just got a picture of that and I don't like it <laughs> so growth in the kingdom has nothing to do with the time saved but it's about growing in our salvation now, the first thing that he said, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, okay? Repentance from dead works is trying to work your way into heaven. Those are dead works because you can't work your way into heaven. You can never make up for what you've done wrong, okay? And we're not going to go around the room and try to, you know, tit for tat who did the most wrong. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, Adam ate from the fruit tree, so I'm sure everybody's done something worse than that. All right, so he couldn't make up for the eating of the fruit tree, and you can't make up for anything you did wrong. It's an impossibility. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, and it's not the shedding of the bloods of bulls and goats because all that did was cover their sin. God allowed it so that it would cover their sin for a year, but every year they had to shed the blood of bulls and goats to cover their sin for another year. But the, the blood of Christ, which was perfect blood, was shed and spilled for mankind that not yet you have your sin covered, but to have it totally removed. Amen. Glory to God. And... Uh, Go over to John 5, 24, and Jesus makes a statement here. John 5, 24, he said, truly, truly, which means undoubtedly, undeniably, and irrevocably. Every time you see that word truly in there, it means undoubtedly, undeniably, and irrevocably. I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death and into life. Okay, so there is absolutely nothing in there that says you've got to make up for what you did wrong. Because Jesus already paid the price. He suffered so you don't have to. He paid the price so you don't have to. He went into the pit of hell so you don't have to. He did everything necessary to wipe away your sin so you don't have to. Amen. Because... Without Jesus, you could spend an eternity in hell and it would never make up for what you did wrong. But Jesus took care of that. The spotless blood of the lamb and he gave his life for us so that we could be saved. And all he does, it says what? Hear his word and believes him who sent me. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. So the answer to not perishing in eternal death is to believe in Jesus, receive him as your Lord and Savior, and that brings you into eternal life. It's really that simple. Amen. God did not make it hard. And that's why he said you must come to me like a little child because how hard is it for a little child? Amen. So we don't make up for what we've done wrong. We have passed out of judgments. Hallelujah. We've passed out of eternal death. We've come over into eternal life. Isn't that right? Amen. 1 John 1, 9 so again, there's no dead works involved. To try to work your way is dead works because it can't produce life. 
1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. So he's writing this to a believer. A believer has accepted Jesus into his life as his Lord and Savior. The blood of Jesus washed him clean. The old nature was passed away within and he became a new creature in Christ. And now as a new creature, a born again creature in Christ, he sins. Am I talking to the right group? Okay, just want to make sure. So as a new creature in Christ, born again creature in Christ, child of God, we sin. So what do we do? We confess our sin. He forgives us our sin and he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. You don't have to make up for it. Why? Because even when you sin as a believer, the blood of Jesus was already, already shed so that you could be forgiven of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not about making up for what we've done wrong. It's an admission of that, the fact I come before the Lord and I admit what I did was obviously wrong. So I confess that to the Lord and he cleanses me because the blood of Jesus was already shed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's an important foundation. Yes. Now, the reason it's so important is so that the devil can't hold things against us. Even in the middle of a storm. You know, we got all kinds of troubles going on and we want to believe God for stuff. And the devil comes and goes, you can't believe God for that with the way you lived. And then you go, excuse me, John 5, 24 says, I heard his word and I believed him and I passed out of judgment and I've come into life. I've I, I passed out of judgment and I've come into life. Okay, so. You can't tell me that it's because of what I did. Jesus already paid for what I did. And you know what I did last week, Mr. Devil? I already confessed that before the Lord, and he's cleansed me of that. And I stand before the Lord just like the day I got born again, totally clean. So don't try to accuse me of what I did. Here's the foundation that I can stand on. Amen. Another aspect of this repentance of dead works is a change of mind. Change your mind. A change of thought and an attitude can change your life. So all it takes is a change of thought and a change of attitude. How many of you know somebody that could change their attitude? Don't look at them. <laughs> Don't look this way. <laughs> But a change of thought and a change of attitude can change our life. Because if you change just one thought, it changes your ways. Amen. So this is moving out from dead, useless works. They're dead because they have no life on the inside of them. What is the element of life? Faith. Faith is the element of life. And it's a truth that needs to be understood and a truth that needs to be expounded on to anyone that's embracing Christianity, anyone that's maybe saved and embracing the word of God, anybody that's embracing the word of God, but embracing the word of faith. This needs to be expounded on because it's a foundation that you have to build off of. Because without that foundation being strong in your life, the devil come kick your house down in a minute. Amen. Amen. But God hasn't designed for you to lose in life. He's designed for you to be victorious. Not because you walk around and go, well, I'm victorious. No, you need to know the word and the word's got to be alive on the inside of you. This is why we spend time in the word of God, because the word of God is the power of God. And without the word of God, there's no power. Amen. So then. In Hebrews 6, 1, after the repentance of dead works, the next thing he talks about, leaving the elementary principle of faith towards God. Okay? Faith towards God is the next thing. Now, the Amplified Bible says the faith by which you turn towards God. So what was that faith by which you turn towards God? It was faith in Jesus. Isn't that right? The message translation says, Turning in trust towards God. Turning in trust towards God. So leaving the elementary principles of faith towards God. And you've got to turn now your trust towards God. And you've got to now 
set your faith towards God. So let me try to explain it this way. The Jews in the Old Testament, their faith was towards God because the scriptures would talk about a coming Messiah. But there was no Messiah, so their faith was towards God. Well, now Messiah has come. So now your faith is not towards God, but your faith is now in the Messiah. Isn't that right? So we are leaving the faith, the faith, and working off the foundation of the faith. Now we step into living by faith. See, what was the faith? A lot of times the Bible talks about the faith. Well, the faith, the is the definite article. And when it says the faith, everybody knew exactly what faith they were talking about. And it was the faith for salvation. But that's not the faith you live in. You work off of that foundation and now live by faith. The just who has received Jesus as the Lord of their life are now to live by faith. Not the faith to be saved, but the faith to live life off of the foundation. Amen. In other words, the faith of salvation will not build your life. And if all we do know is faith and salvation, thank God for it. But if we don't build off of that, we're not pressing on into maturity and we're staying in the babyhood stage. Are you with me? So. Living by faith is connected with repentance from dead works. Because now that we've stepped off of repentance from dead works, we're stepping into living works, which is what? Living by the source of faith. Faith is what gives life to what you do. So living works out of and from the place or the source of faith, not in Jesus as Lord, but in what he said. We'll go a little further. So we're living out of the source of and out of the place of faith. When you got saved, we believed in Jesus. Well, now you got to grow from believing in Jesus to start believing him. There's a major difference. Start believing what he said. Oh, I believe in him. Great. But it's time to start believing what he said. See, believing in him is just faith towards God. You know, uh, what does it say over in James 2.19? You believe that God is one, you do well. The devil believes it and they tremble. All right. Now, when he said this, it's the way that they say it. He said, you believe that God is one. Okay. Well, what he's actually saying, you believe there's one God. That's what he's saying. You believe that there's one God. Oh, yeah, I believe in God. Well, that's great. The demons believe that too. So to believe, bless God, I believe in God. Well, good, you're at demonic level of faith. I mean, that's what he says. I didn't make this up. The demons believe that too. But it's time to move off of faith towards God and start having living faith Stop just believing in God and start believing him. In other words, when the word of God says, if you give, it'll be given back to you. See, that puts Mr. Stingy on the side. And I can say this because I was Mr. Stingy. Okay. And when you start to realize what the word of God is declaring, you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to do what the word says or am I going to stick with the way I always did it? Well, what did stingy do for you? Didn't really do nothing for you. First of all, it kept your attitude very stingy. And you can never seem to get ahead. You ever notice that? Stingy don't seem to get ahead. But when you start doing things God's way, you realize it opens up a whole new level of living. Now, you can't see it. I could never see it from the stingy side. I couldn't see it. But I had to make a decision and go, I'm going to go with what the word says because I'm going to believe what God says. Not just believe in him, but I'm going to actually believe him. You know, there's a man in the White House right now, and everybody believes in him that he's really there. But you may not believe a ding-dang thing he says. (laughs) 
Okay, that was a, um, uh, you know, that wasn't liturgical, you know, that needed a response, but <laughs> we seem to have gotten a lot of them. But it doesn't matter who's in there. Somebody can be in the White House and you believe that they are there, but you don't believe anything they tell you. Well, you believe in God, but do you believe what he tells you? And what he's told you is in his word. You know, Jesus said a lot of things about himself. Jesus said a lot of things. So let's look at one of the things he said, because he talked about the Holy Spirit coming to those that believed in him. And the believers, those that believed in Jesus, could receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? In fact, look at that over in um, John, <clears throat> I think it's 7. 37. It says, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So right now he's talking to anybody. So he's offering the new birth. To drink means the new birth, okay? When Jesus spoke, he would speak in language that was not very direct because people didn't have their eyes open to be able to understand what he was talking about. For instance, when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he says to Nicodemus, unless a man's born again, you cannot enter, in, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again? Is he going to go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? See, he didn't get it. He didn't understand it. And there's a lot of things that Jesus said that people just didn't understand it. And he would say things in parables because they couldn't understand things. They were not in an enlightened state. That comes with the new birth and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So when he's talking here about come to me and drink, he means come to me and drink of my life. Okay? And this is open to anybody that wants to receive. So he's talking about the new birth being offered to whosoever will believe. But then he goes on in verse 38. And he's talking now to those who believe in him. So these are the ones that came to him, drank, got born again. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Well, what is he talking about there? Well, verse 39 then explains it. This he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus is now glorified. He's risen from the dead. So the opportunity for the new birth, for whosoever would believe, is available. And then once somebody receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior and becomes a believer, then the next step is who believes in me can receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we understand when you're born again, you're born of the Holy Spirit. But then there is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? So he's talking about both of them right here. Amen. So out of his innermost being, it said in verse 38, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Okay, out of his innermost being. Well, what's the innermost being? Is your spirit, the real you, the eternal part of you. That looks just like you as far as in your form, same shape. Looks a lot better than we do, though. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, out of our innermost being, out of the spirit of man, out of the real us, comes rivers, which includes tongues, various operations of the spirit, as well as the giftings from the Holy Spirit. All kinds of things that comes out from our innermost being, okay? Tongues and faith flows from the inner man by faith. Amen. So <clears throat> tongues <clears throat> can flow from the inner man by faith, but there's also the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is two different operations, totally different operations, just like 
there have been wars fought over the fact. No, when you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, the Word of God says you're born of the Holy Spirit, but then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's two different operations, two different functions. But we don't understand that. We don't understand the two sides of what the Word of God's talking about, and we lump everything into one. And it creates all kinds of confusion. There has been nothing but wars, disputes, and fights over these things. Just like the Bible says the just shall live by faith. But then also, one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith. Well, you see, faith is a, is a gift, and you have to have the gift of faith in order to have faith. No, no. It's two different operations. If you don't understand that, get totally confused. And a lot of people do a good job of confusing you. So the first operation of speaking in tongues is your prayer language and faith from the word of God. Uh, faith comes by hearing the word. The word brings faith to me. Tongues is a prayer language that comes, okay? And it operates in every and any believer who will believe it. He who believes in me. Out of his innermost being will flow rivers of the living water. What's the requirement? Believe. believe. Just like, you know, it's just like these signs will follow them that believe. What's the requirement for the signs? Believe. believe. That's all it is. And a lot of times it's a matter of walking away from a tradition and taking hold of what the word of God says. And you could have been top dog in tradition, but ooh, now we're starting off in babyhood stage. Yeah, isn't that right? So the second operation is the gift of the Spirit, which is the gift of tongues and the gift of faith. And those gifts operate, it tells us, as the Spirit wills. But they all flow from the river that is within our inner man who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? <clears throat> wait for what the Father promised. Well, another word for a promise is a gift. Wait for the gift of the Father. He's sending a gift to you. Isn't that right? Okay, so what was the gift that he was sending to them? The Holy Spirit. Now, these guys were already born again. They got born again in the inner room. All right? So, again, there's been a lot of debate, discussion, confusion, controversy over in speaking in tongues. And because of it, we have made tongues to be the gift not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the gift, not the tongues. You understand? We have to understand what the gift is. The gift is the Holy Spirit. With the gift comes the ability to speak in tongues. Acts 2.4, on the day of Pentecost, and they, the Holy Spirit came, uh, tongues of fire upon them, and they all began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance or gave them ability. That's what the word utterance means. Gave them the ability to then speak in tongues. Amen. Okay. Now, if I buy you shoes. Now, ladies, you're not going to get this. But for guys, you know, unless I'm buying you a pair of sneakers. But if I buy you shoes for Christmas, the shoes are the gift. Isn't that right? What comes with the shoes? Tongues. Tongues comes. I could take my shoes off and you will see that the shoe has a, a tongue. Well, Pastor, what if it's a loafer? <clears throat> well, the tongue is engrafted. The loafer still has a tongue. You understand that. It's just engrafted in. It's not two, two parts of your shoe coming together. You take out that engrafted tongue and you'll wish you had some shoelaces 
Because there's going to be a big space in that shoe. Right? Amen. So the tongues of the shoe comes with the gift. I buy you the shoes, the shoes are the gift, the tongues just comes with it. The Holy Spirit, tongues, speaking in tongues and, and, and praying in tongues, a prayer language, is not a special endowment. It's not a gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. With the Holy Spirit came the ability to speak in tongues. With the Holy Spirit comes the tongue, just like the shoes. I can use the tongues because the tongues came with the shoes. Anybody ever buy a, a pair of shoes and go, I don't like them tongues? No. The tongues come with. Anybody ever discard the tongues in their shoes? No. You get a pair of scissors out, a knife, cut them tight, cut them tongues out. No. The tongues come with the shoes. All right. So the Holy Spirit has various operations. The Holy Spirit is the gift. He has various operations. One is through our faith, and the other is through the operations of the Holy Spirit. So go over to 1 Corinthians 12. See, this is all part of foundation. And it's the difference between faith towards God and believing what God says. First Corinthians 12, 4. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties, multifaceted, diversities, various operations. Okay? So to, when we say the Holy Spirit, thus and so, we're in a box. We're in a box. Because it's multifaceted, varieties, okay, diversities, various operations of the Holy Spirit. This is why in the book of Revelation it says, and before the throne of God are the seven spirits of God. doesn't mean there's seven of them. It means it's the number of perfection and is the multifaceted operations of the Spirit of God. He is not limited to one thing. He's not even limited to what you think. But what you think will keep him in a box. This is why we need to grow in what we think. Verses 7 through 11. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith, which is special faith, by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing, by the one Spirit. To another the effecting of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the distinguishing of spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, now. Go back to verse 7. And he says, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. It does not say gifts of the Spirit. We've made that up. It doesn't say to each one is given a gift of the Spirit. It says manifestations of the Spirit. Gifts are something given to a person. Go back to verse, where were we at? 11? Was that the last one we looked at? Look at verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. All what things? All these manifestations distributing to each one individually as he wills. So if it was a gift, it would be something given to you. But this isn't a gift. It's something that's of the Holy Spirit and operates as he wills. Are you with me? The manifestations are through somebody, but not given to that person. They belong to the Holy Spirit. It's his manifestation. 
If these gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, gifts of tongues, interpretation, prophecy, healings, miracles, and special faith, if those gifts were given to us, we could operate them at any time whenever we wanted to. But they're not gifts given to us. They're manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The, what was given to you was the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with the gift came tongues and the ability that you can operate just anytime you want to because that was given to you. Not the gift, not the manifestation, but the prayer language. You understand that? So again, it's as the Spirit wills because this is an operation of the Spirit. We can set our faith in Him. We can believe in Him. We can look to the Holy Spirit, but it would be up to him as he wills, but not speaking in tongues. That's as you will. And we'll see that a little further. Cha oh, yeah. Go to uh, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. Chapter 14 talks more about the prayer language rather than the manifestations of the Spirit. And in verse 15, he says, what is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the mind also. So I will, according to my will, I will either pray with the spirit or pray with the, the mind or the understanding also. It operates as we will because this has been given to us. It came with the gift of the spirit, just like tongues comes with the shoes you buy. It operates as you will. The manifestations of the Spirit, the demonstrations of the Spirit, those operate as the Spirit wills. Now, back when you had only a Baptist denomination, mostly, all of a sudden you had a denomination come along called full gospel. Not full gospel, uh, assembly of God. And the assembly of God called themselves Pentecostal or full gospel. And they call themselves full gospel because they didn't just believe in being saved, but also being filled with the Holy Spirit. But they stopped there because now was the confusion about the manifestations of the Spirit and the, that which was given to you as an individual with the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And then if people didn't speak in tongues, they said, well, you didn't get the gift. It's not a gift. Did you get the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's the gift, just like the shoes. What comes with the shoes? The tongues. What comes with the Holy Spirit? The tongues. The Holy Spirit's the gift. And with him comes the operation and ability to function in the things of the Spirit. And to operate in the prayer language of speaking in tongues. So it operates as we will because this has been given to us. There are diverse operations, varieties of manifestations, and varieties of operations of the Spirit. So what we're seeing here is the operations of the prayer language of speaking in tongues as compared to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, was poured out on us to receive if we would believe. If I'm a believer, I can believe to receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, Holy Spirit, uh, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? It's a very simple process. You ask Jesus into your life, Jesus comes into your life and you get saved. You ask for the Holy Spirit, he comes into your life and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, comes the prayer language of speaking in tongues. And also comes the availability to be able to move in the manifestations of the Spirit as He wills. Are you with me? Amen. So again, with the Holy Spirit comes various operations and gifts of this grace and diverse manifestations. That which was given to us and those that can function through us. So what's given to us, again, is the prayer language of tongues, but what can function through us is all the manifestations of the Spirit as He wills. Amen. Now, this was spoken through the Word of God. I didn't make this stuff up. It was written right there in the Word of God. And it's Jesus speaking to us because Jesus is the Word made flesh. So am I going to say I believe in Jesus but not believe Him? 
I mean, if that's what the word says, I either believe him or I don't. So we're moving out from faith towards God and have faith in what God said. Amen. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. See, this is elementary, foundational. That's what you build your life off of. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. And the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Now, Philip was one of the original six um, that was taught in the ministry of help in the book of Acts. Was it six? Six of them? Yeah, I think it was six of them. And it was Acts chapter six, I think. And they started the ministry of helps and they were waiting on tables. Philip was one of those. And now you see Philip as an evangelist operating in the ministry gift of evangelism and the gifts of the spirit manifesting through him. You see how we call it gifts of the spirit. Okay. And it's just manifesting through him. And people are getting saved because of what they heard and what they saw. And they were being baptized, men and women alike. So at this point, they are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Weren't they saved? Weren't they already saved with Philip? But now Peter and John comes for them to receive the Holy Spirit. It's another different operation. Separate operation. Born of the Spirit, but then baptized in the Spirit. And they came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? For he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were simply born again, but the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them yet. Because it's a separate operation. <clears throat> then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's the next verse say? Verse 18. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of hands, he offered them money. Simon saw the Spirit was... What did Simon see? He saw them speaking in tongues because that is the only evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't see him doing cartwheels. That's what you see. Amen. So we see Philip doing one aspect of salvation and the gifts of, of the manifestations of the Spirit through him as the evangelist. But then Peter and John go down and there is another operation because manifestations of the Spirit operates as the Spirit wills. Not everybody does the same. And it's not a competition. Well, you don't do what I do. Thank God. Because if we were all an ear, where would the hearing be? And if we're all a hand, where would the walking be? And if we're all a nose, where would the seeing be? Amen. Acts 19, verses 1 through 7. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, 
the Holy Spirit came on them. So they were baptized in the name of Jesus. They were born again. And then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began to speak with tongues and prophesying. <clears throat> in verse 7 says there was about 12 of them all together. Okay. So now we see the Apostle Paul operating both in the salvation, preaching of the gospel, and they get saved. And then we see him operating in the laying on of hands, and they receive the Holy Spirit after they get saved. Okay? So again, <clears throat> the manifestation or the move of the Holy Spirit is as the Spirit wills. In Samaria, he did it partly through Philip and then partly through Peter and John. Over here, he did it all through Paul. Well, which one is greater? Neither. They're both the same. Unless, of course, you're in competition. Well, I did everything. You only did one of them. Well, that's the last time you'll probably do anything until you change your attitude. <laughs> Acts chapter 10. 38 and 39. Time. What is time? Acts chapter 10, 38 and 39. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things that he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And they also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. And we know that Paul goes in and preaches all about Jesus for salvation. Verse 44 through 46. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now in this situation, we see that Peter's preaching to them and he doesn't even give an altar call. They all just receive Jesus into their life and the Holy Spirit just falls on all of them and they all get filled with the Holy Ghost and they start speaking in tongues manifestation of the spirit as he wills amen and every single instance we saw that the ability to speak in tongues came with the holy spirit who is the gift each instance when the holy spirit was received the ability to speak in tongues came with the gift just like a shoe all right you use the tongue that comes with it amen romans chapter 10 Verses 7 and 8. We'll shift gears a little bit now. Romans chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. To say, who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. So he says, who will descend into the abyss? I think verse 6 says, who will ascend? Isn't that right? Uh, the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Verse 7 then says, and who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. That's faith towards God. But verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word, this is the word of righteousness. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith, which we are preaching. Okay. So verse seven, who will descend or who will arise, you know, or who will come up. That is faith towards God. But verse eight is faith in God. Verse seven believes in God, but verse eight believes God. Faith towards God in verse 7 is waiting on God to do something. I'm believing. I'm just waiting on God. That's faith towards God. Well, that's an elementary thing that you need to get built off of. Faith in Jesus is a life of cooperating with what he said. What does it say? The word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. The word of faith that we're preaching in your heart and in your mouth. You know, I, I, I talked to somebody years ago about getting saved. And he said to me, well, I hope well, maybe someday Jesus will come and save me. Well, that's faith towards God, but he didn't get saved. Because you can't get saved with faith towards God. 
You have to cooperate. The word of God says you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. I believe it. I declare it. I receive that. Amen. See, that's cooperating with what God says. That's believing God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believe what he says. So we move in the direction of what he says. When do I stop moving in that direction? Never. Unless, of course, you stop believing. Well, I just don't seem to have it. What does that got to do with anything? I'm not moved by what I feel. I believe the word that says I'm healed. <laughs> I don't move because my lack. The word says I am under attack. <laughs> Come on. When do you quit? When do you quit believing that? Well, I just don't see it. Well, what does that got to do with it? When was the last time you saw Jesus? When was the last time you saw your brain? But you know you got one, and you've never seen it. How many of you have ever seen your little white blood cells? Nope, you've never seen it, but they quit working. You'll know it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Amen. See, truth always triumphs tradition. Truth always, tri uh, always trumps over the facts. Truth will always trump misunderstandings of the Bible. And truth always trumps, oh, it, truth always reigns over, rules over, and abides forever over anything else. Everything else will fall by the wayside to the truth. Amen. All right, one last verse. Romans 1.17. He says, for in it, he's talking about in the word of God, because based on verse 16, that's what he was talking about. For in it, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous man shall live by faith. Okay, the righteous man shall live by faith. Faith towards God is faith moving in the direction of God. Elementary, foundational. Because the just do not live by faith towards God. They live by faith. And the word by shows the origin or the place from which you are moving from. Faith towards God means I'm always moving towards. But living by faith means I am moving out from the place of faith. Faith is the origin or the place from which I move out from. I am not moving to. I am moving from. Yes. I'm moving out from the place called faith. Are you with me? Yes. See, faith towards God. The word towards means to move in the direction of. And that's fine. But when you get saved, now you ought to move out from the place of of faith and what you do originates from the source of faith and how does faith come by hearing the word of God how can I say I don't move by what I'm I don't I'm not moved by what I feel the word says that I am healed how can I say that because that's the truth of the word of God we don't move by what we see and what we feel we move by the truth of the word of God truth trumps true facts Amen. Amen. You know, after service tonight, you're all going to go home. And um, I'm going to go home. And every morning we move out from our home. Because it's the place that we abide. It's the place that we reside. It's the place that we continue in. Isn't that right? Faith is to be our home in which we abide, which we reside, in which we continue in. And we move out from that place. And it is the source of everything we do. And it's about time that you stop making God be a piece of your pie. And he becomes your whole pie. This is why faith don't work. Because he's only a piece of your life. And he hasn't become your whole life. And you want to slice out a piece of faith someplace, but live the rest of your pie the way you want to. But that's not how faith works. Faith is the pie, and you move out from that place. Go bake another pie if you want to, but you got to have this one. 
Faith is to be the source of all that we do. And what is faith? Faith is knowing in your heart and in your mouth what the Word of God says. Oh God, I thank you for the day. That's going to be a wonderful day. Shut up. That's not faith. That's goofiness. What does the Word say? What does the Word say about that? If you don't know, you don't have faith. You spout all you want, you don't have faith. Your pie has burned. Are you with me? Now, I know that sounds harsh. But you're going to have to get it. It's important. We ain't playing games here. The devil don't play games. He'll beat you over the head in a heartbeat. He don't care if you had a bad, oh, they had a bad day. Let's give them a break. No, you had a bad day. He'll just beat you a little more. You know how much he'll beat you until you submit to him. And only the word of God is the power of God that can defeat him. In your heart and in your mouth. The word of faith. In your heart and in your mouth. Everything we do resides out from the place of faith. Faith is not a piece of the pie. It is the pie. As I originate every day from my home, my life is to every day originate from a place of faith. Hallelujah. Leaving the elementary teachings of faith that moves in a direction towards God. I now build off of that foundation and I cooperate in my, faith, in my life from a source of faith that is in, resides, and continues in God, in his word. Yeah. Believing him and what the Holy Spirit has showed me, spoken to me, that I'm trusting that his word spoke to me and in me by his Holy Spirit is able to perform its work. I declare what his word says. I speak what his word says. His word will then give me direction and instruction. He'll lead me by his spirit through his word. He'll lead me in the path of life. He'll show me the way I should go. He'll teach me to do his will. He'll instruct me in the way that I should move in. Why? Because I have his word in my heart, in my mouth, in my heart, in my mouth, in my heart, and in my mouth. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Living by faith. Moving off of the elementary teachings of faith towards God. Believing in God. And start believing God. Living in cooperation with what he said. And Jesus said, you'll have what you say. But it's got to be in your heart and in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. Don't get it backwards in my mouth. In my mouth to get it in my heart. Well, you got to get it in your mouth to get it in your heart. But once it gets in your heart, then it's got to come out of your mouth. I just wrote a book about building the bridge. And you need to get it when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Because that's what it's all about. Getting the right thing in to get the right thing out. You get the wrong thing in, you get the wrong thing out. What you allow in you will develop you. And whatever develops you will come out of you to create for you. Right or wrong, good or bad. It'll develop you and it'll create for you. You got to believe the right things and get a hold of the right things. And there is nothing more right than the word of God. Amen. Oh, Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Father, I thank you so much for the truth of your word, for the anointing that comes on your truth. Father, I thank you that we could take the truth of your word and get it into our heart, put it into our mouth, put it into our life, that it will create for us. It'll develop us, Father, that it'll first develop us so we can become that truth. And then out of that which we become, we will declare that which we are out of our mouth and it will create for us because it's who we are, who we become. Father, it's not a process of just a, a program. It's not just trying to get something, trying to make something happen, trying to push all the right buttons. It's becoming conformed to the image of Jesus. And out of that conforming goes forth the power to create in our life. Oh, Father, we thank you for it. 
Thank you, Lord, that we build our life. Thank you for your wonderful plan of salvation, that there's no loopholes, there's no gray areas, Lord. I thank you, Father, for salvation, but then the opportunity to build our life on the rock of salvation, that it continues to grow and increase and prosper in abundance more and more and more in you, in your life, in your ways, in all that you are, in all that you do. And we give ourselves to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, help us in these things. Help us in understanding them. Helping us in taking hold of them. Help us to put them into application in our life. So that we can truly walk in these things and have exactly what your word has declared that we can have. That we can be exactly what your word says that we can be. That we can do exactly what your word declares that we can do. That there'd be nothing impossible for them that believe. Thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, as we come before you with our giving tonight, we do so according to your word, your word that's in our heart, the word that's in our mouth, Father, that we put action to what we believe. And because we believe it, Father, we do what we believe. We have corresponding actions. And I thank you, Lord, that you watch over your word to perform it. It's the word that we believe. It's the word that we declare. That's what you watch over. Lord, we put action to it so that through that action and through that belief, Father, you can work into our life. That we'll receive back according to that which we sow. For our life is always made up of that which we have sown. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you joined us tonight on live stream, on podcast. I'm glad that you could be with us. And I do pray that the word of God has really touched you right where you're at. I know that there was a number of comments that was coming up on the screen while we were on live stream. So I thank you for being there. And um, we're glad that you could be a part of that which God is doing. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website at newlifefamilyworship.net and click on the giving link. And I thank in advance for the seed that you sow. And if there's anything at all that we can believe God with you for, that we can pray with you, please let us know. Contact us. And our prayer team is always ready to stand and believe God with you for your needs to be met. Amen.